0: Hello, cyclocross friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode 314 of Cyclocross Radio. On this show, we start out with uh, something new. We're doing a speed round. Speed round. We got we took care of all of our European racing in uh, eight minutes. Zach moderated that with an iron fist. It was fun, uh, and 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 then after that, we talked about. The national championships for the United States that took place in Louisville, Kentucky. Kentucky is a horse state. I got on my high horse for a bit here, uh, yeah. But um, Bodie and Zach were able to balance that out with some good positive energy, and we all we all made it through the episode in a in a in a good place. This show is brought to you by Hammerhead and the Crew 2. This is it. This is your final chance. Our our deal still exists with Hammerhead for this year. Final chance for this year, holiday season. You know the drill. The Crew 2. You can get Hammerhead's advanced industry leading mapping, navigation, routing capabilities. It sets it apart from other GPS options out there. You can explore with confidence and on-the-go flexibility, and you can do that by while getting all of your data at the same time, your power, your cadence, your speed, and your heart rate. And the thing about your heart rate is you can use a heart rate monitor. CameraHead sells those. We want to pay for it. So if you put your Karoo 2 into the basket and then you add a heart rate monitor into the basket and then you check out and there's going to be a little code section there. And if you type into that code CXRADIO, C-X-R-A-D-I-O, the heart rate monitor will be on us. It'll be free. There are some deals out there where you can get 50% off on a heart rate monitor, but through Cyclocross Radio, you can get it for free. So do that. Go we'll take advantage of this. Hammerhead Crew Two at Hammerhead.io. Add the Crew Two. Add the heart rate monitor to your basket. Put in the code CX Radio. And get the heart rate monitor on us. Another great gift: the Bulletin, the CX Hairs Bulletin. Go to CXHairs.Substack.com. If you're already a member, you can gift a subscription to somebody else who you think might be interested in getting an in-depth look at cyclocross. Uh, Zach's been pumping out some great race reports post nationals. Uh, by becoming a member of the bulletin or subscribing to the bulletin, you also support everything that we do on the YouTube channel, and uh, you know help get us. Uh, photographs from people like Ethan Glading in Europe. My last call here for for your holiday gifts. I'm going to make it easy for you. You can get a Wout Me Worry. Wout's going to be racing. Uh, he already started racing cyclocross. He's back. You need your Wout Me Worry t-shirt. Vanderbilt's pole is coming back soon you need your Vanderpol rules t-shirt and then everywhere you go there's cyclocross weather every weather is cyclocross weather so you need a this is real cyclocross weather t-shirt you can get all of these at cxhairsdistro.com cxhairsdistro.com and that about does it we are part of the Wide Angle Podium Podcast Network. We would love for you to become a member of that to help support all of our podcasts and support independent cycling media. WideAnglePodium.com All right. It's episode 314 of Cyclocross Radio. We've got Michael and Zach in the media pit. We're talking a little bit about Europe and Sol, and then we head, head first into Cyclocross Nationals at Louisville, Kentucky. We talk about all of it. All of it. Right now. We're back in the media pit. Okay, there's, we have... We have nationals, but even without nationals, we we have a lot to talk about. But Zach has laid down the law here. You know, we 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 got Wout, we got Backer, we got the Snowman, we got Shtibar, we got a lot of things that we need to talk about before we get to the main event, which was the U.S. National Cyclocross
1: Championship. But but Zach, Zach what 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 are the rules here? What have you laid out for us? So we've decided that we need to talk euros. Uh, but I, I'm just afraid that you know there was there was a big moment this weekend, especially for one of our podcasters here, and I feel like there was a chance of him doing an approximately 27 minute victory lap uh, <laughs> because of that. So we decided because you know we had USA Cyclocross Nationals, got a lot of talk about there. We're going to talk about Euros. But we're doing it in eight minutes. All right, eight minutes, eight minutes. I am your referee. I'm going to keep track here. We're going to do a PTI style. Eight minutes. Go.
0: Eight minutes.
2: That was the mandate. Starting now? Okay. Great. Thanks, Zach. Um, So, Zach, we were discussing in the green room beforehand what was the original statement race? Because we don't seem to think it was the same race. No, and I... and I? I? But obviously, I remember,
1: because I'm the one who has held this over your head for almost four years now. So the idea that I... It's been three years. The idea that I would forget which race it was... I don't know. Tell me, which Bodhi, which race did you think it was?
2: (laughs) Well, now that I look at the results... I felt like it was the U twenty three Euros in Italy in the uh, the course that was just all barriers the entire way where she got uh she got, well she got third nope sorry hang on who 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 got what who are we talking about who are we talking you're right about? who are we talking these statements what what is it you're just jumping into these things like people pretend somebody hasn't listened to this podcast. Right. Forget. Let's add some context. Monimbacher, everyone's favorite cyclocross racer. She came to the states this year. She brought her family in the minivan. She raced here. Um, I made a proclamation uh, a few years ago that she laid down a statement race at some race where I she either got fifth or she got third. I think it was 2019 Euros in Seville.
1: No, 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 it wasn't. I, I just, we're already at a minute and a half. You already have blown six and a half, or, you know, we're already down to six and a half minutes. It was on November 14th, 2020 at Atheist Cross Loven. Okay. This was the race when randomly Perrine Clausel went off the front. We were like, who is this? It ended up in a five person race with Alvarado Betzma brand worst and Mannenbacher. Mannenbacher finished fifth and Bodie declared... Because she finished within 10 seconds of the winner. Bodie declared that Bakker made a statement in that race. That was the original statement race. Go back to the tape. I guarantee, like, this is a, you know what? This is a shoe star lock that that was the race. Go back and, you know, look at the film. Listen to it. That was the race. Zach, I think you're... You're, you're under six minutes. We're at 220,
0: 220 say, now. Like that, 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 that proclamation was some kind of pejorative. We're, we're looking at cyclocross Nostradamus here.
2: Yes, exactly. You're right. You know what, Zach? I'll give you. I think it was that race. I remember now. It was fifth place in the U, in the elite race. She was you up up and coming U23 rider. She was a kid the first time I saw her race at Jingle Cross, and then the next year she came back and she was fighting for the win. So Bonambacher's always got a place in my cyclocross heart and lore. And she won in Val de Soleil, beating primetime in the snow. I think we can officially declare, I will officially declare that was a statement race. This is the, that was the precursor statement. That was the, the preamble three years ago. And now she's laid down the actual statement.
1: All right, we're at 315. Bill, tell your joke about the men's race. <laughs> well,
0: yours won, right? And there was some there was some talk in the in the uh, uh, the bulletin chat. You know, we, we have like the Sandman who's Swack, and then we had like the Mud Monster, which we decided was somebody, and now uh, we got Yours uh, Newhouse and Newhouse who's the uh, the Snowman, and I don't know if this is a joke. This is just fact that if <laughs> Yoris is the snowman, then Pim, you know, following up on his U twenty three World Championship celebration is the Falcon. So so the trek lines now have the Falcon and the Snowman. I said this earlier and I just got blank stares from Bodie and Zach. So you all can just do your own research at home and figure out what Falcon and the Snowman is. I will give you this clue it has nothing to do with Marvel. It is not the Falcon and the Winter
1: Soldier, no. No. Great. Hit the Google. All right, back to the women's race. Saw this in the uh, bulletin slack. Is Puck Peter going to win a race this year?
2: (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Ooh. Man, you know what? I was like, this person has been listening to the podcast, and this person is, is, is hearing what Zach is putting down. It's actually a really good question, and I don't know that she is, unless she finds herself in a similar situation to wout where she's racing a bunch of bunch of midlers and below if primetime is there if M is there if it's snowing and backer is there she might not take a win
1: well since you left her out who wins more races this year brand or puck petersa brand all right,
0: Zach. I mean, this is, this is something that in the past we would have 120 minutes just on this alone. It was Woutmas. We had the return of Wout at Robotland, and he's just getting a mere mention. How much time do we have left?
1: Wait, I'm sorry. Am I the guy in charge here? We're not done with Val de Soleil yet. <laughs> Bill, Val de Soleil rant. Go. <laughs> Here's
0: my Val de Soleil rat. <laughs> Go back to the to the the podcast we did last year on Val de Soleil where they were like, This is a this is a test event for Winter Olympics, cyclocross me in the Winter Olympics, blah 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 blah. Same bullshit. Shouldn't be racing in the snow. It's cool for one race, cool, do it. But don't make it like this is a test event for some something bigger. You want to have cyclocross in the Olympics, have it in the Summer Olympics. Nobody no on on none of the commandments does it say that cyclocross is a winter sport.
2: But right, but, two, but, two, but, two, but go but it is cyclocross weather.
0: Oh, it was the best were- cyclocross weather. We had cyclocross weather in Val de where it was snowing. We had cyclocross weather in uh in Robotland where it was all goopy and muddy and rainy. We had cyclocross weather in, in uh, Louisville
1: where it was like sunny one day. Yeah, there's so much cyclocross weather. All right, we've got a minute forty left. Wow, miss yeah I mean it was really cool I
0: I think that uh, there were people out there who had goals and that they successfully reached those goals I, I think like Lander Locks was leading this race I believe for a while and got some really cool photos of him like you know putting it to Wout so I think that was great and that lasted for like two or three laps and then Wow! Literally just ran away from them. Uh, not attacked, nothing. Just, just ran. Just put his bike on his shoulder and just ran away from everybody. And, and that was that. So, he's back. Bigger win, man and backer. Wow! <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, special shout out to man and backer's teammate uh, Mary Noor Rival, who won the women's race at. Uh, Essen, so you know opportunities abound when the there's a hundred races and everybody's spread out all over the place
1: all right 25 seconds left pitter's palooza the vanderpolstis coming this weekend early Bodie, do we need to redo the matrix uh
2: i think we do and i don't know like yeah we do add Vanderpool and guess what you can watch everything on flow bikes is that a segue to nationals we got four seconds left. Bill Vanderpolo Pitters, who's gonna win?
0: You are the best Tony Rialli that I've seen in years. Like you out Tony Reale, Tony Rialli. Let's move on to nationals. <laughs> we did it.
1: <laughs> uh <laughs> I want to do this again. Can we bring this bit sure. back in the yeah, future? <laughs> I
2: like it.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh we 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 had Cyclocross, US Cyclocross Nationals back in Louisville. Last time we were there, 2018. It was a a memorable, a memorable week of racing. I think one that people go back to is kind of this uh, this benchmark in, in cyclocross. Louisville let's give it to Louisville, Kentucky. They they are one of the most talked about sites for US cyclocross. like in the hall of fame of of u.s cyclocross from world championships masters world championships to you know memorable pan am races to to two national championships one that was a complete debacle but amazing and now this one this year
1: bill more memorable more important cyclocross scene louisville or any cx (laughs) go
0: I'm not I'm not I don't want to be on any more Discord uh, uh, uh board so I'm
1: just I'm just going to stay out of that too one. Too late too <laughs> late Yeah Oh wait the bit's over you don't have to answer my
2: question <laughs> I just want to point out also that like Louisville 2018 was also the year that we had two nationals in the same year as when we switched back over to the December nationals I always think about that as well Um guys you were there on the ground I was not. I was mostly up in the air watching uh from the drone cam and we know that the drone doesn't give you a good sense uh things on the on, on the ground level. So I got to come in with my opening question. I want to get the vibe check. Nationals, we talked about it what it was like last episode and how we were feeling about it. Just give me the give me the give me the color, give me the flavor, give me the smell of the scene there in Lovell.
1: Sure. I mean, I personally had a great time. I think Uh, Bill said it best in the uh, State of Cyclocross video that Cyclocross Nationals is the family reunion. Uh, And once I got my wristband and I got through that whole rigmarole, I just, well, it's like we had to go to, to, like, we went to, like, Rider Reg, but then there was a tent to get, like, the wristband and new one. And I just, I didn't want to get yelled at. I did not want to start my Nationals weekend getting yelled at because I get yelled at every event that I cover. I just didn't want to start that way. Got in. I ran into, like, five people I knew before I even got to the media tent. So it was off to a great start. Um, you know, I think bringing everyone together, I think everyone was really excited to be there. Uh, super uplifting. Um, I uh, Shout out. So everyone knows the story or if you've been around. So Cyclocross Magazine, we used to get there Tuesday night and we would cover Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And by the time Sunday would roll around, you know, all of the this is back when like the Velo news is and cycling tips would actually cover cyclocross. They would all roll in on Sunday, and I would just be dead. And they'd all be like, we're so excited to be here. So in very fitting form, uh, Tori Hernandez, evergreen photo, she would shoot for USAC. She rolls up. She's like, well, look who decided to just show up for the weekend. And I was like, I 100% deserve that. So That's great. Um, Yeah, that was, you know, my uh, initial takes on, you know, the vibes and what it was. I thought the crowds were really good. Uh, There were good crowds on Saturday, uh, on Sunday. Uh, It seemed like there were a lot of people there. um, That was helped by the fact that, like, the junior day was on Saturday. And so they moved the juniors. Um, Although I will say, Bill, (laughs) by the time the uh, junior women raced, there weren't that many people there because it started pouring it poured it absolutely poured uh during the junior women's race which was the last day uh race of the day on on saturday which was like uh you know i guess we're doing the thing that was like my welcome to uh to cross Um but i will say that the course really didn't turn into what it was in 2018 like it was more slick than that just god-awful mud i remember running into when bill and i ran into each other at Bowens. So and bill's like yep still oh there's some louisville mud oh wait found some more louisville mud like just all over our equipment so i think it was a little bit different uh in that regard
0: yeah even to the point that if you saw the video i did with uh the the, the course director you know he he designed this for rain and i think they were almost disappointed that there wasn't more rain i mean they were expecting more rain which would have made i think sunday even harder uh in a good way for people racing you know it it was a little slick in spots but it really wasn't as challenging as it could have been if it had rain more but challenging not in a we're just going to run this whole thing but rideable but just picking your lines and kind of having to uh think strategically about how the how the course sets up yeah and and you know we can if we talk about about how the course was laid out I thought by the time the UCI rolled around, those were really good, real a really good track, and I think that uh, the people who were racing it thought it was a, a good track as well. You know, we still got complaints from the masters racers because there were a lot of these UCI lines that they did not have in in earlier in the week, and yeah, they didn't do like the descent, and they didn't do some of the stuff behind the behind the building that was more challenging, and I think that's where the criticism came in that this was a, a dumbed down course and. It, it puts the race organizers in a really difficult position in that they have to have something that works for everyone and they have to have something that, you know, this isn't gravel. Everyone isn't equal. When you get to the UCI races, those are the most important races and they are in a position where they deserve to have a more challenging course. You know, that's that's just kind of how it is. So it sort of opens up and we can have this conversation later should we have elites And masters and uh, amateurs all on the same weekend, or are we at a point where we should split these into two different events? Part of the argument against that is that, well, then you lose the crowds because all the people come to race earlier and then they leave. I know Zach said that there were great crowds, and I think there were good, enthusiastic crowds. However, I'd love to see the numbers of the crowds. I don't think it was as, it, I know it wasn't as many people as there was in 2018 at this venue. And I think if you go back to what we had in Hartford and even uh, in Illinois, I'll bet it was less. I'll, I'll bet that they were. And if you looked at Sunday and you looked at the parking lot at Sunday, everybody was already cleared out by the time the men raced, which was wild. Like
1: there were. Well, I think like the biggest, I mean, from a schedule standpoint, <clears throat> there was a two hour gap between the U23 races and the elite races, which was great for like media, you know, cause we got to like go and relax and stuff. But I mean, I, I know everyone, I, someone called me out even for carping on uh USA cycling too much, but like there were a lot of people there for the U23 races. It was like, I didn't, a good crowd. And so many of us, like it was a two hour thing that you had to sit around. And I, I think like, I was coming to this. I've kind of come to this, like after again, going to Montrose, there needs to be someone at these events. You see, I like, I get that you're organizing and you're get, you're making it for the racers, but like there was no reason why you wanted to be there. Like, put a freaking DJ on that. Bring a DJ. That, that is like my my thing is get a DJ for your race and make it an event, you know, like uh, at World Champions and we we're going to Bonesa and like there was a party tent that you went to during these large gaps and you partied and you enjoyed yourself and really just pick someone. I know it's not a priority, but just have a guy or a, a woman who's your party coordinator and coordinate some reason for people to be there. I mean, there was good enthusiasm for the junior race, but like, the vibe, like, I, the, the vibe on the, the, the crowd on the hill was good, and I, 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 it was a decent crowd, but, like, there was no vibes. There were no vibes beyond the racing, and I think that could have been fostered more.
0: Well, also, to credit the course designer again, Bodhi, this will go to your heart. It, it's it's, a gol- it's, a, it's a, oh, an educated golf crowd. And it was the kind of course that set up really well for that. So you could go to the limestone stairs, and then you could get almost pretty much to the, uh, the, the, the barriers to the planks before they got there. So you could move with the crowd. So you were seeing a crowd, but it really was the same crowd that was moving. If you, on the drone shots, I'm sure you could see where that crowd. Actually was, and again, great event. But but I think that this is just a bigger picture that we're looking at. If you are if you if you have people that are saying, "Hey, I have this break between you know I'm here, I race earlier in the week, and I have this break, I could get ahead of traffic and just miss the elite races," then something's something's going on there that 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 we need to fix. And I think you're right, uh, Zach. In that that pomp was not there to the point and you know th- <laughs> come at me for this i'm sorry but the usa cycling foundation didn't even care enough to set up a vip tent so th- th- there there wasn't even any like reward for people given to the mud fund or whatever they were just like yeah, we've done it in the past but you know we're da- it doesn't even it doesn't even matter and that's that's kind of just the the vibe i got from this a lot where we know that there isn't a budget and and we got sort of like you know slapped on the wrist for complaining about how much it costs and all this stuff that usa Cycling's in this hard spot and you know you got these people who are you know look they have a hard job to do they have to be able to charge this much to make it happen as i said before i understand i understand all that i think my my answer to that is just downsize it all then if you don't have the money to do this it's not a decade ago just downsize it get it to the level where you have the money to do it the dutch national championship for years Looked looked like a C two, you know. There was there was nothing there. They didn't have TV. They didn't have a finish line trust. They were just like Matthew Vanderpool, Lars Van Vanhor, go out there and race against each other. It's just a race. Go race. That's all. The only thing that's important is here for you guys to race against each other, and we give you a jersey at the end. If that's the level we need to get down to to, to build it back up, fine. But if we are building this thing for what this was ten years ago then that's a mistake because there there has to be a rebuilding it's not in my mind tell me i'm wrong uh, to show me i'm wrong i'm fine with that but i don't think that this had the same nationals environment that we had seen in the past
1: yeah i don't disagree i guess i'm just trying to to see the positives and you know i think for some people i mean i no i like i guess
0: I know we're seeing the, I want to yeah. see the positives too, but I
1: also think people want to see
0: some honesty too.
1: I, I apologize. You know, I had a again, I had like, my optimism was turned around at Montrose. It was the best event I went to all year. And I saw, I saw so many, I was so excited to see so many people. Don't and, apologize. But like also there's people that travel <laughs> to go to nationals. I mean, a couple dudes that I know from Minnesota and their families, they came down. There were people from Chicago, you know, like. It's supposed to be that event. I guess that's my point. It's supposed to be that event, and I I feel like we could do more. I think all the UCI races get a DJ. That's step one. Is I mean, are you saying that I'm wrong? That's fine. I just tell me I'm wrong. I'll be. I'm happy to to
0: to take that. Like I I mean, I'm not saying it was bad. I'm saying it was diminished than what it's been in the past. Yes, that is that is. I felt like it was a UCI race like any other weekend. I've been to every UCI race pretty much this year i like going to cyclocross races i love the sport i show up i'm not shitting on the sport i'm not shitting on the races i'm just saying what i saw here wasn't that different than what i saw at charm see
1: i thought this was way better i I guess i was pretty i mean i guess if i'm being blunt pretty down on all the uci races that i went to this season um but maybe i'm but maybe you're right like you are their crowd congregated in certain spots and so like You know, it's like if you were in those areas, the course crossings were always jam packed or whatever. Um, But I but I also like there were a lot of people there for the junior races on Saturday afternoon. There were way more than there were for the single speed races in the past, which makes sense because there's everyone's kids. But like. And the U23 races have good, but like everyone left. You're right. For the elite races, everyone left. And I blame the schedule for part of that because you're like, why would I sit around for the tour? I have five hours to drive. You know, one of the benefits of Louisville is so many people from across the Midwest look at it and they're like, I can drive there. So they go. But then they were also like, I need to get home to go to work on Monday.
0: But my argument is, you should be going to this for event for the elite races. Okay, that is why you should be going. Like you go to Road Nationals to see the elite race, not to go race it, to go watch, to go stand on those those barriers in in Knoxville and drink a beer and oh, watch Oh, I agree. 100 that the yeah. Like it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a like I want to beat traffic. I'm not going to be there for the elites. That's okay if I miss it. It should be I'm going to Louisville because I want to see the best cyclocross racers
1: in the country race. And I don't think that that happened. No, I think you're right. I guess I agree on that. But I also think like there was decent vibes Passed my vibe check.
2: Yeah, it sounds like some you know you know yeah. It, I, I don't disagree with that either. I'm just <laughs> arguing two different things.
0: <laughs> I'm not taking away. I'm not taking away from people having a good time there. I had a good time there. I enjoyed it. I guess what I am saying as somebody who cares this much about the sport and the American version of the sport. I felt like the two races at the end of the weekend, which are supposed to be the marquee events, supposed to be the ones that everybody's looking forward to, they're supposed to be these ones that people are hyped to see, the ones that people are standing out in the freezing cold in, in uh, Sun Valley, Wisconsin, to, to watch and go crazy for, and they're f- four, five, six deep on the run-up, I didn't see that. I could get to any spot I wanted to get to. Did you have a problem getting to any shot? Did you have to like
1: move people out of your way to get the shots you wanted? It's cyclocross nationals in the modern era. You obviously remember when it's good. But I think what you're you're getting at, and maybe what I think you're getting at, is that I was right when I said that cyclocross nationals is now for juniors and masters men. And so maybe we should just acknowledge that reality. It's certainly... In the community, in the the larger zeitgeist, like you said it's not about the elites,
0: so we should have two separate events let's have the elites on a different weekend let's put them out there or even have them on the weekend before, and then everybody can come out and watch that, and then they can stay for their their master's events and everything else because this i just I, I think that trying to get people there and to have them stick around. And again, I could be completely wrong. Maybe this is just a me thing. But it seemed like everybody was pulling up stakes and getting out of there by the time that the men's race. Well, and I
1: guess wrong. maybe what I'm getting at is like track turn World Cup Waterloo into an event. It was a thing that you come to to watch the World Cup. Yeah, you come race. But like they have DJs. They have the secret bar and stuff. And I guess I'm saying that like. If you do want that, you have to just not be like, "Hey, we have a national championship." So you have to be like, "We have a national championship. There's like a reason you should come. We have these great racers. Like this is an awesome event. We have this, that, and the other thing that you should do throughout the day and like come out. Hey, person who rides bike in Louisville, which is a good cycling community, come to nationals. You know, and I, I think that's what we're missing. We're not arguing. We're not arguing. Okay, right. We're 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 agreeing.
0: You know, even even before you used to have Friday night events. You've uh, Saturday events. Was there night mechanics night nationals? I, Was there I, mechanics at- nationals
1: this year? There was none of this stuff. No, but the, I mean, but
0: the, I used to moderate events all the time. And it's just not, not about me, but like like Cannondale used to have a big party. Like everybody used to have these things that would come uh, Friday and Saturday before, before the event. And then after the event, I, I never went to any of these, but from what I understand, there were always parties after the event. There were people, there would be um, Sram, who I don't think was there or not in the same presence, used to have pizza parties, used to have kegs. Everybody would have a
2: party in their tent during the day. I didn't see any of that happening, guys. Guys, that's that's all gone to gravel. We know this. This is indicative of the scene. I mean, but like, I'm being serious. I'm not like that's indicative of cycling in general, right? I think I feel like we we know this, and like that's just where a lot of the hype is gone, and that's sort of like I
0: feel like people were going through the motions at nationals, and maybe again, maybe this is a me thing, but that was that was the. And this has nothing to do with the race organizers. Yes, they. they I, I agree, Zach. They could have done more, but also the sponsors out of there could have done more. Uh, I, there could have been more activation. There could have been more engagement. From my perspective, I didn't see a whole lot of that, and that—that's—that's that's what I missed. That—that that this was something bigger than life and something special. And again, yes, maybe I'm just getting old. Maybe this is I'm looking back on the on the glory days. But I think that that. Isn't what it used to be. And I think that that is not showing younger racers what could be and what they could look forward to. You know, if you're a junior racer and you have that huge crowd, you're like, why well, do I want to be an
1: elite racer? <laughs> I had more people watching me. Bodie's, I think Bodie's right though. I mean, it's indicative of, I mean, you were just mentioning sponsors, brands. I mean, shit, most of these companies don't even make cyclocross bikes anymore. You know, like the gravel company, like, pivot is is gone, they're just out because you know their riders who were finished first and third weren't getting good enough gravel results, you know like um
2: so yeah i I wonder how much of it, as Bodhi said is the the sponsors and them pulling out and stuff like that um i think it, I think it's also and like this is what I was attempting to touch in last year, which I think it also not last last episode, which also goes to what you're saying, bill, is that you kind of have like there's like you have to sort of look inward a bit at your own scene and those things that like, so like you're pulling all you're saying. So like Zach, the DJ, I like that idea. That's a great idea, right? Like all these things that like you're, you find interesting to yourself and your community of cyclists has to be sort of like ported over to the event that you're going to go to. And like, I don't know at what level. And someone will probably tell us in Bolton, like at what level the local, Louisville cycling community was engaged at this level but you talk about Trek Cup right like Trek is literally on the grounds of a bike bicycle manufacturer that pulls in Europeans like it's just like that that's built into that race that sort of already community so here at Louisville although it does have a history I don't know where it stands now and I guess you know what I saw on the drone stuff looked exactly what I expected and then I, you know, but I would see your photos, both of your guys' photos, and I'd be like, okay, cool. There were some, I saw like a CXD sign, and I was like, hell yeah, I love it. There's like a, someone brought a sign. So there is, there is that, that, those pockets of those, of that passion. And so it was good to see that when I did, but it was kind of like at the end of the men's race, Bruner has just won, and he's just, he's standing there, and there's nobody around him. And last year in Hartford, when Curtis won, and this might be just the way the organizers did it, but when Curtis won, literally, like so many people were there, like the family, the friends, other bike racers that he knew from his road season, but like that was in his area, right? And there, that was the strong New England community that sort of maybe came out and supported that race more than, you know, in Louisville. I don't know, I just...
1: Well, Bodie. So the CXD sign that you saw, Bill, who was that? Who did that? I, it was. Who made that? I. <laughs> who actually made it? I'm
0: unclear. I think. It, I think it was. Uh, it was part of the Kuzak clan.
1: All right. So a thing I loved, I, it, I actually wait,
0: really. Lo- oh. It might have been. It might have been a sonam sign. Also, I, I, I don't want to get in trouble here. I, I, <laughs> okay, I, I'm not positive on. Yeah,
1: I felt like it maybe sign. was Finley, but I'm not. I'm not sure. Well,
0: right? Finn was he was definitely running around with it for okay. sure. But then Cora right, was- Kuzak was also running around with it. So you know, shared effort. There. Okay.
1: So Bodie on the other side, there was voting. So there was Wout Van Aert and Matthew Vanderpool, and then they started voting on the elites. Uh, they just completely left Funston off. Um, (laughs) Clearly Strohmeyer won and Bruner barely got Bruner was the like Strohmeyer already had like 15 to 20 votes before Bruner voted for himself to get Bruner one vote. So I I think that like just gives you a little bit of perspective.
2: Right. Well, but you you have to bring, you got to bring your own hype machine and that's part of it. And, and the hype machines have moved on and and the hype people. So I, I'm always just like you got to support those people in your scene who love it, and you got to do things. You got to do things for the people who like it, and not for the the people you hope to bring in. That's sort of my attitude towards it. Okay,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, so, so one thing I love, I I do love in this elite men's field that like sides are being taken. I, I think that's one good thing to come out of this year. I think that like. Can I do a Bodhi like, here and just go,
0: just just put a cap on this the whole crowd thing? And I'm sorry, and I'll be positive from the the rest of the, uh, the time here. Um, you don't have to. No, the, no, what, I, the, I, I want to for my own for my own uh, um, well being. Uh, I have been to three World Cups so far this year, and again, I understand the position that the organizers are in. I like the organizers. I like. L- the louisville sports commission i think they do a wonderful job with events and i think that they have a way of doing events and sometimes i don't think that that way translates to what we have which is struggling to survive i'm sorry to say that i but that's kind of how i feel sometimes um you know we they they made one concession earlier in the week where the they were going to charge for parking and they decided to lift that. So they didn't charge. They have this huge zoo parking lot that nobody's in and they let everybody park there and they didn't charge. I was like, that was nice. However, they spent a lot of money to put fencing around the whole venue. And then they spent more money to hire security people to, you know, walk the fencing to make sure nobody that wasn't a paid customer got into the event and then they charged you, I think 20 or $25 if you weren't racing to be on the premises. I know anecdotally that kept people away. I know people who did not come. I know people who had children racing at nationals from out, who were from out of town, who had friends in Louisville who they didn't want to say, Hey, come see my kid race. It's going to cost you and your partner $50. I knew people who didn't do that because they didn't want to put that burden on people. I've been to Waterloo. I've been to toit and I've been to Dublin. None of those races charged the mission because they knew that they wanted to pull people in and they wanted to sell the sport of cyclocross. And they wanted everybody who had any little tiny interest in seeing racing could come for free. I know that the Belgian... World Cup's charge. I get that. They can. They are in a position where they can do that because they don't have to create that demand. It's already there. But there are races and places that aren't these cyclocross hotbeds that should be inviting people in to see their event. So I don't know how much money they recouped after they took out the cost of the fencing and the security and everything else that it actually meant that much. Was it $50,000 or was it $200? I don't know, but I'm not, in my view, that kind of stuff isn't worth it and it's not inviting and it doesn't help the sport. So that's, I just want everybody to be able to go in there for free. The other, I'll just say this one more time charging elite athletes $200 and then using those athletes as a product for Flow Sports, which is charging $150 a year for a subscription also wrong if you are going to use them as a product you you don't charge them i I, get, I know i know money's tough there's no money in cyclocross there's no budget in usa cycling for cyclocross i understand all of that but and that's why i'm like maybe you just don't have a broadcast okay now we can go on hmm
1: well, all right, all right fine. Uh, let's go to <laughs> this is
0: this is like trying to do comedy after somebody's
2: just given a, like a, a eulogy. <laughs> well, here we go. Here, here's a segue. Speaking of the broadcast, I can see a place in which they saved money because they had two cameras on the ground and the rest was by the drone. So it was so bad, wasn't it? I I it, don't want to
0: again. I don't want to like. I you know. I thought I actually thought that that the. Uh, Flying Fish Productions, who did did all of the USCX races this year, made an investment in new gear and they upgraded all of their cameras and they had these, you know, beautiful like Fujinon lenses. You know, it may not come across a broadcast always that great, and that's just because of like broadband and everything else, but on the ground, they had much better resources. Bodhi, there was a camcorder at the finish line. I this is not a that. joke. I'm not, like, making this up. It was a camcorder at the finish line, an eight-times eight, eight times zoom camcorder. <laughs> that was your finish line camera. Oh, yeah. We deserve, we deserve better than that. I we, mean, had, we, had, we had NFL broadcast cameras in Tacoma. Again, I'm going to hear it. I know. Well, we can't afford that. USA Cycling doesn't have any money. Flow doesn't have any money.
2: Whatever. But it was... And it was for all the sam Wileys content system devotees I, the camera was yeah I guess it was it was it was hand, it was shoulder level it was head level it was not high um but i will say I will say this the drone as we've said before it's a tool, but it's not Your, it's it can't be used as a crutch the shots the drone operator was good uh you did get a seal out of the race, but when you're so far away i mean. You miss a lot of the texture of the racing, um, and also, you know, your purple jersey, the CXD purple jersey, looked white from above. And so, sometimes I was like, is that, is that Brunner, or is that Strohmeyer? Um, but whatever, it, it, it was a serviceable broadcast, and I just, speaking of money, it's like, that's where they save money. They had two cameras on the ground. Uh, the rest was in the sky. And, um, yeah. So, but you guys were there and, uh, you got to take some great photos. And I enjoyed seeing those perspectives.
1: We did. That's right. Um, should we talk about the elite races? (laughs)
0: Yes. Should we
1: talk about the, let's, uh, quickly, uh, Uh, do the rundown. Yeah. Let's do the quick UCI rundown.
0: Women's junior race. I think that in our preview last week, I talked about, um, uh vita lopez de san roman thought she was the favorite and that that turned out to be true she she pretty much um controlled that race won it by uh 51 seconds Alyssa white another favorite out there uh georgia bond really good really nice race uh in third place and and down from there uh men's junior race we kind of knew what was going to happen here and unless something something went wrong david thompson you know he's 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 the man you know as was uh, is now officially racing for AG2R U19 squad and um had a strong race i, I will i do want to give some kudos to miles mattern who uh Stayed right with him. Actually chased him down in the last couple laps and and uh, got that gap down to six seconds. So great race. Yeah, by, he only
1: won by six seconds. Yeah, I mean that's
0: so great race by Miles. And then it. then the other guy that that we talked about, you know, sort of got this got this podium right. <laughs> you know, just uh, Henry Coote was um had a had a great race as as well in third place. He actually uh, a little slower start, but then was just able to work his way back up. So I think I think those those three definitely deserve a shout out. Um, emotional race in the women's U 23 race, you know, we have Lizzie Gonzalez who was racing with the Steve Tilford foundation last year is not racing with them this year. It was basically replaced by Katie Klaus, uh, so I think she came in this with um wanting to make a statement. Um <laughs> Michael and 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 she did. And you could yeah. tell it, it it was huge for her and it was a really big win. Uh now racing for uh, CCB which is going to be who she is uh racing on the road as well. Um so that was neat. Bodie. Yeah.
1: That that is how the statement works like she won, and it was directed at a certain team director of a certain team that she's not racing. Statement was made. There to Raylan Nuss. That that so that's, that's how a statement works. There's
2: there there are many ways to make statements. I agree okay. that this race was a statement. Zach, I see. We'll get to this later. Someone. Reached out to you asking about a different race if that was a statement, and I'll have an answer for that later, and it might surprise you. Oh, but, we're gonna get to that. Oh, oh yeah. we're gonna okay. get to that. All right, yeah, don't worry.
1: Uh, but really cool to see, uh, you know, Liz, Lizzy Gonzalez. I mean, I think it was her first win since Hartford first Nationals win, um, and really emotional. It was really cool to see. Um, I don't know if people people always ask like you know what's Lizzie like. She's like one of the best kids. Like I absolutely love her and adore her, and it was really awesome to see um, just how happy she was um, and so gracious to everyone that came to support her and everything. It was a really cool moment uh, to get to experience that, uh, having gotten to know Lizzie over the last four or five years.
0: Yeah, tears in second place also. Ella Bremman just amazing race as well. But those were I mean she was just stoked on her finish, and I think again she raced an incredible race and was able to pull back lizzie in in the in the closing laps and really was uh you know we were stoked that she was not satisfied race for second place and just sort of went all in and tried to tried to try to track her down and um yeah uh cassie hickey uh an ncl racer Bodie. Um, that's true yeah in uh in third place uh so good showing for her Lauren Zerner who was one of our favorites coming into it coming off the flu still still feeling sick in there so I think that that had you know not to take away from any of these other athletes but I think that's why she didn't have the performance that she necessarily necessarily was looking for um good battles in the men's U23 race Jack Spranger Won that good race for Jack Spranger. He's he's a guy that you know won Pan Ams a couple of years ago, and then I think after mountain bike season kind of comes into cross and may, may have been struggling some, just which is completely reasonable. They did do it. The uh, national team does a really long um, mountain bike team. Uh, a little heartbreaking for uh, should we should we do no, another primer here because it was uh, it was happening on the course and on the, on the broadcast. Dylan Zakracek. In second place, four seconds back, is, they they were battling. Isn't
1: it? Isn't it? The cry check. The
0: cry check. Steve and I got it wrong. <laughs>
1: uh, that was a great race. I think you're downplaying. This race came down to the last few corners. Yeah, I, mean, I think this was, was a really even, good like, one. Like a Rubbin a rubbin is racing moment. Very close to the rubbing is racing moment that happened in the elite men's race. I mean, it, this one came down to the the closing seconds of like you know, talking about the finite, like protecting corners and stuff. And there just really weren't that many places to pass once you got to the barriers. Um Yeah. And so I friend of the show, Chris Bennett, he was on the mic. He did a great job calling it. I, I, you know, I was talking to him and I was like, as an announcer, those are what you live for. You could see the race and he's calling, you know, blow by blow or whatever. And those are like the moments you live for. So it was cool to get to see him. I experienced that and do a great job calling it. And it was like, Almost came down to a sprint finish, uh, but I think there was, um, yeah. Jack got a little bit of a gap on Dylan uh, in the the closing, like literally like last couple hundred meters.
0: Yeah, there were some really tricky corners coming in coming into the end of that. You know, we even saw it in the single speed race. It was, uh, you know, there was it was kind of a fight for those final turns before before coming home. Uh, Ivan Sippy third place, crowd favorite Dan English in fourth place, and that men's U twenty three race. Okay,
2: now we wait. Wait the before leads. we hang yes. on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry, I just. I think I know what happened here, but we got Ian Brown with a Canadian flag in 13th, age 31. Got to be a mistake on CX24. Dif- multiple Ian Browns. I don't know. Just popped out to my eyes. Um. Happens
1: ai is not taking over yeah
0: i i, I think that that's just a, a a flag issue if you look at the ian brown on cyclocross 24 he's a 31 year old canadian so i think two two different people same name all
1: right elite women's race It it, uh, it is it
0: is funny though that ian brown is is listed uh as getting 14th place on uh, cyclocross 24 in the Canadian National Championships, and then 13th place in the U23 uh, US National Championships. So
2: yeah, no, that was that <laughs> d- was very <laughs> curious about what happened there. <laughs>
1: All right, so the elite lemons race. Uh, really, I mean. It should have been a three-person race. I, I think Raylan Nuss will be the first person to tell you that she did not have the season that she was expecting to. I don't. I didn't. I don't think anyone really saw a way that she was going to be super competitive in this race. But uh, Katie Klaus, I mean, I think her returning to cyclocross and making that that late-season push really made this race. And I I thought uh, she acquitted herself really well. I mean, she went out fast and she was at the front with. Clara um, and so in the second lap there were the stairs Bill your take on the stairs I, 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 I should, we,
0: should we have Katie's take on the stairs <laughs>
1: Well, they they called them the Belgian stairs. Yeah, right? no, I know. I, 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 They were stairs. They were they literally were just stairs that were in a little hill or whatever. Uh, cool. It's a cool spot because it was like you could go watch the start and then you could run over and there's cool crowds for a lap at that at the beginning of it. Um, but in the second lap, Katie Klaus on Claire's wheel and she slips and goes down. Um, I mean, I, it was the moment of the race, but like. And I was there and I took a photo
2: of it and stuff at the bulletin. So kudos to me for capturing the moment. I um, know. I said, good work in the bulletin. I was, I, I was like, he got the action. I was got there. The I
1: got the shot. Got I got, shot. you know what?
2: I was so pumped uh, for what, you.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, Lily Sodom dad, I actually don't know. Is it Kevin? I think every race, every race for the last two years, he's been like, did you get the shot? You know what, Kevin, I got the shot. Sorry. I really enjoyed that. Um, but, so Claire attacks right, so Claire actually heard the the noise behind her. It was funny. I asked her, and I was like, "Did you notice she's like uh yeah i heard I heard the crowd going, "Ooh uh, <laughs> so she attacks, but like Katie Klaus kept her in check, and you were like, what like you know, I think in previous years, like Claire would have opened up a twenty thirty second gap at that moment. It was still only at six seconds after that entire second lap, a uh, very long lap, but I Katie Klaus was like." she gave Clara everything that she could handle and kept Clara very honest uh, in this race. Uh, To the point that I, you know, talking to, to Clara, I was like, you know, what were what were you feeling? I mean, like Katie was like 15, 20 seconds down and she's like, yeah, I'm not going to lie in the past. Like I've gotten to the point where I could kind of like let up and, you know, kind of soak it in when I'm winning by checks notes, like three minutes, 10 seconds. I think you have a little bit of time. Uh, but she was saying that she was feeling, you know, the pressure from Katie Klaus. It was that within 20, 30 seconds, final margin was I think, uh, 29 seconds. Uh, so yeah, a great race by Katie. Um, you know, Claris. Interesting talking to her too. Uh she I was like, you had a good start. Like Katie went out fast, but Clara kept it super close. I thought maybe I like the joke that I cracked if you're a bulletin subscriber that maybe it was the bugler from Churchill Downs. Like that got her really ready. And she was like, All right, they're playing the bugle. <laughs> There's that song. We all know the song. I gotta get ready. Um, but she was saying that like the adrenaline stuff kind of got her going. So we solved the problem of uh Claire's bad starts with this and a little bit of nerves and a little bit of a bugler from Churchill Downs, I think is the
2: solution. You know, there's a horse track in Portland, in North Portland. So, I mean, they they can just bring, they can bring their own bugler to uh, a Portland race. I want to say it's worth noting, talking about the gap, Zach, the gap from Clara to Nuss in this year's championship is exactly the same, a few seconds off, as last year's, which was an improvement on the gap, Two years ago, uh, we now we just have a rider in between uh, Clara and uh, Nuss.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just I seeing Clara race. I don't know that she has the same level of fitness. I, it just just seems to be missing a little bit of the the diesel and even a little bit of the pop, right, to make those to extend those. And I don't know how that bodes for her trip to Europe, but probably not not the best. It'll be you know we'll certainly see how that ends up going for her. Uh, I think the other good thing to come out talking to Katie Klaus, uh, she was beyond excited to race cyclocross. I was like, You know, what do you think? She's like, I love cross. I can't wait, you know, hopefully do this again next year and race the whole season. So I think that's reason for excitement. I mean, again, we've talked, if you know, uh, she picked up another two national championships this weekend. She won the collegiate varsity race and then her team won the team Omnium. So two more, two more jerseys for Katie Klaus. Uh, Her hall is at like 35 or 36 now, uh, you know, the level of talent that she has and, um, yeah, I think having her race a full season and getting to train for, for cross will be great.
0: Yeah, and it's you know, it's it's going to be our first uh of two first year elites getting second place at at Nationals, which I think in in my earlier rant about um the the state of everything, I think that, that bodes really well. And, and and talking to Katie and just talking to her last year when her road contract was ending, I think that she is really excited about racing on uh the dirt and racing off road. I hope that she jumps in and does a lot of mountain biking and then just sticks with cross, which I think I think she wants to do. So uh, I it's, it's cool that she has a program that will support her in that and I'm um yeah, I'm hoping she can carry this momentum over to some uh some European racing as well. Uh you know, you mentioned Raylan in third place. Natalie Quinn in Fourth place, a you know, great result for her. Amelia Shea, who we saw in the USCAX, uh, amazing, you know, result for her. Fifth place at nationals, and and on from from there. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that 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 race at the front was in the Clara Hansinger uh, era as compelling as we can hope for, <laughs> <You> know, right? <laughs>
1: Yes, I think that is the best way to describe it. In the uh, the Claire Hansinger era, it was compelling to the extent that it could be.
2: And four, she's got four national championships, which is I. It kind of took me a moment. We were watching, like, wait, how many does she have? She she has four. That's that's she's she's building an era. She is she's building a. Um, and she got the U twenty three before that, right, Zach?
1: Yes, yeah. in Louisville. Yeah, so she's won five in a row. Um, but yeah, so four. I think Allison Dunlap had six and then Katie Compton had 14. So, you know, a couple more to go to, to be second among the women, uh, four is the most for the men. So I guess that ties her with a whole slew of, of men for, you know, all time. And when, when, and if she wins next year, it'll be the mover into third among Americans.
2: Pretty cool. Uh, I did in your bulletin report, Zach, it was nice to see that Raylan Nuss is like not going anywhere, you know, excited for cross still. Sounds like maybe more into it next season. So good to have her sort of still sticking with it and and she won't be you know, leaving for something else.
1: Yeah, I think you're seeing a lot of these riders opted to not do the lifetime. I don't know where their funding is going to come from, but I mean, it's been a narrative this season that literally everyone but Eric Bruner was not happy with their off-season program. <laughs> and so I think, you know, to the extent that they can, especially if they don't have the lifetime obligations, I don't know, it was... You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how that's going to work, but like, yeah. it seems like a lot of them are like, I don't want to do gravel. I want to focus on cyclocross. The question is, are they going to be able to find money to do it? I hope you know that they are because uh, I think, yeah, I just think that there were a lot of riders, I think, that were not on good form this year and they'll be the first to admit it. And I think it kind of affected the product that we saw to some extent.
0: Should we move on over to the men's race? Or do we want to talk about the shark getting disqualified for not having sleeves in the, uh, in the, in the single speed race, which, which, which should we do? I'm
1: glad that you mentioned that. Uh, let's, Speaking uh, of jumping uh, Oh, wait, the wait, 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 yep. we almost forgot. I was we wondering almost wondering forgot. We almost forgot. Oh my gosh, we can't move on. So someone slid into my DMS and I went, I went straight to Bodie with this one. <laughs> uh, Cause <laughs> slid into my DMS and was like, did Katie Klaus make a statement? <laughs> second, and I just went to Bodie and I just said, "I blame you."
2: Yeah, I'm so happy that P- I, I love it. I lo- absolutely love it that if I leave any sort of mark on any sort of cycle cross the media, whatever, it's about statements and that that the, there are so many narratives to a race and and how you can interpret the narrative and how a writer can view a result in a race. Um, but to answer your friend's question no Katie did not make a statement at this race uh Katie has got second like all season long you could look at the start list and you knew you basically could pick out the podium as it's as it fixed so the statement w- would have been beating Hansinger, but uh no I mean uh, Katie Klaus has many national championships she got second in the elite uh she got second multiple times this year so no no statement did,
0: made. did she make a a a statement for Colorado Mesa University
2: no she's already done that right well she won the national championship hasn't she she hasn't but is that a a new one yeah but Madigan Monroe Maddie Monroe wasn't there yeah sorry it's not sorry Katie like we know that she's like a multi-time national champion winner right so adding another one to her belt that's not the one she doesn't have not a statement
1: not a statement. Great. Love it. Uh, elite men. All right. I. The thing I love, one thing I love about this Nationals is that we've got uh, this elite men's field. We've got some riders. We've got some personalities. We've got different regions that they're from that they're really the, the standard bearer for. And we've got people choosing sides. Uh, apparently... The entire media pit was choosing sides because there were. I would just tell you that there were groans and cheers uh, coming out that last lap when people found out who won in the uh, the scrum. Um, but you've got you know backers, we've got supporters. We saw our first sign supporting a team in forever. My Bodhi, my dream. I wrote about this four years ago, three years ago. We've got fan clubs. We've got people supporting riders. I want to see more of it. I want to see the Bruner signs. Bruner's got to have some fans. Come on, you got Bruner and Funston. Where are the Colorado people? I want to see some signs. We need more supporting them. I love it, home. but I love it that I love it that people are choosing sides in this this field.
2: That's interesting.
0: I would like to note that there was a similar CXR's Devo sign at the finish line of Hartford last year. So,
2: so see, this, you got to bring it. You got to bring your so. You see, uh, WTB of it. Where, where is your squad? Where are their? Well, they don't have at? a team. Any, they don't have a team anymore. Okay, so, why was it um, Max Chance there? Oh, he was, he was there. He was, was He was, heck, he was heckling, he he was heckling was, every. Oh. He was. He
0: was working. He was working it. He was working everyone <laughs> over in the pits. The heckling going on in the pits was just like <laughs> was was single speed world championship level.
1: So I feel like the heckling in the media pit in the pit <laughs> were like on par and on point so we need to bring that to fans what are what are you doing fans you know uh, I don't know uh but I like to see it I think that you know this race was one worth getting excited about I feel like this field is worth getting excited about you know even you're throwing Kerry Werner and you're like man I wish he raced more cross you had Lance Haydet in there you're like man I wish he raced more cross but we can get to that but like you had riders who were showing out you had the defending national champion uh and you know what Kudos to Curtis White. I, I've said it before. I thought Curtis White was as good of a representative of the USA, US Cyclocross National Champion as he could have been. I thought he did a great job. Um, you know, I saw him after the race. He, people were still coming up to him, kids. And he was talking with them and stuff. Like, Kudos to you, the mayor. You will forever be the mayor of Cyclocross. I don't know. This was a race worth getting excited about. And it absolutely delivered. This race was an absolute banger.
2: Can I say, and we talked about this last week. I said, we used to have watch parties for Nats. We had a watch party for Nats at my house. It was it was six of us. We got a couple pizzas. We got some salads. We got some soda. You know, not many beers. We're old. But we sat down to watch the race, and the men's race was amazing to watch. Um, the physicality between, I mean, Strohmeyer and Funston race in such a... Uh, aggressive, just pedal to the metal sort of style. That even with the drone cam, we you got it. And I, 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 that's when I was like, oh my god, I wish we were on the ground and we were seeing more of this up close and we were seeing the faces. But yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, we also, you know, three national champions uh, in that field or past. You had Gage hacked. you had uh, Curtis White, and Eric Bruner. So just compare that to the women's field and we've sort of talked about that, you know it's it's only been Clara and before that it was Katie and, and Katie doesn't race. So yeah, Zach, this this was a this was a good field and it delivered
1: uh yeah let's I mean let's talk about the race. I uh so basically what happened is you know that you have the fun ball and you have Strohmeyer. And then I think Bruner has kind of gotten on board with starting fast too. You were like, all right, this is just going to go ballistic. And I will say there was actually a really bad crash um, at the start line and got to give a shout out to, um, so Casey Hildebrandt was involved in it. I think it was Andrew Frank actually broke his collarbone. Casey actually waited and stayed with Andrew because he was in excruciating pain. And I just wanted to give Casey a shout out for basically, I mean, he didn't have a race anyway, but like sacrificing literally you know, his race and being in DFL by 30 seconds to attend to a fellow rider who was severely injured. Um, kudos to him. So that m- kind of marred the start. It took out Caleb Swartz. Basically, um, you know, he was taken out Finished 11th, which was, we were all surprised by it. We We're like, Oh my God, Caleb fish. Like Caleb was fixing his chain for 30 seconds after that crash. Um, but basically the first big moment, uh, <laughs> what a little rubbin' is racing. Moment in the second lap, so there were all these like tight, twisty corners after the barriers, and we saw the video. I guess this is one case, Bodie, where the drone paid off, but um, he's <laughs> got a little archy, I Looking at it, I think Bruner forgot to check his blind spot when making when merging into traffic. I I don't know. I no one really talked too much about it. Um You know, I think they all kind of downplayed it. No one was really upset about. You know that
2: moment. It was early in the race, um, but yeah, you know, kind of I, set the tone. Yeah, like I like what he said, where he said, you know, but neither of us were going to back down in that situation where you know uh, Strommeyer takes the inside line, Bruner takes the outside line, they meet at the apex and <laughs> knock Strommeyer over, but then Strohmeyer gets up very quickly, runs ahead of Bruner and is in the front right away. Like it's just it, like just like how. On it, they both were to like fighting for those positions. was really great to see. Yeah. Strohmeyer said, I was like, tell me about race. He was like, it was an interesting race. (laughs) Well,
1: I'll go back a second. Actually, the quote of the weekend was, you know, he's like, oh, you know, everyone all week was asking me what's going to happen. What's going to happen? He's like, look, I don't know. But I know one. He's like, I don't know how it's going to play out, but I do know it's going to be a great race. And I that to me, that was like the quote of the weekend. I think we all knew that. And they delivered. Um, So. Bruner's rear derailleur went into crash mode momentarily. So, you know, he was struggling a little bit to get back on it. So, um, but then he was on it. Uh, but then really the big moment in the third lap, like Bruner crashes, drops his chain and again, bricks his rear derailleur. So it, it went into crash mode again and he was a good. 10, 15 seconds back. I mean, he fell behind Carrie who was dangling fell back into what would it be? A fifth place. And you were like, oh, oh, there's something's happening here. Like, Bruner's in trouble. Bodie, what were you thinking?
2: Like, I mean, I, we... Watching it. Well, I texted you guys. I was like, damn it. I know you guys are working, but I was like, I, I didn't want to see a favorite taken out of the, the front of the race um, by a mechanical, by, the, you know, your derailers in crash mode. I mean, like, that's... You don't want to see that as a fan. Um, but... So we... but then, But then we had, you know... Funston and Strohmeyer and I was like wow this is like gonna flip the script like one of these two is gonna win nationals these used to be U23 and you know still U23 and that's gonna just like change everything and we had that battle going on but no I mean Brunner was not done <laughs> and he like he can't was it a lap that he came back Zach how, how quick was that so this happened in lap three and he made
1: contact early in lap five so uh he yeah, so I mean, it wasn't the course really wasn't that slick. They were riding all like all the hill. You could ride all of the off camber stuff after the descent. And you could ride up to the top of the hill, but then basically once you came, once you left Mansion Hill, it was a lot of power straights. You know, you went all the way past the pit and then to the far side of the course, and you came all the way back back to the pit. And you went all the way back, and then you did like that you know, pine tree alley thing that, you know, under the flyover. So there were a lot of sections that played into Bruner's uh, advantage. And it was like, it's like, okay, you know, he, he caught up to, caught up to, so f- yeah, he caught up to Curtis. He just dropped Curtis and was like, okay. And he, dude, he was raging. I was just like, you know, I, Strohmeyer had a lot of fans. I was chatting with people and I think people were really excited because Strohmeyer clearly had the most fans there. And I was like, guys, Bruner is f- raging right now and i mean he just sucked up that gap like so fast i mean you was just like okay you know he's back in the the game and he's gonna get back in the game and i think stromeyer reached the point where he's just like yeah i need to I need to let off the gas here uh, uh, in that I, I don't even know if he let off
0: the gas i i was i had more people coming up to me like in lap three going oh my god can you believe it Stromeyer's is gonna win this and i'm like please let's uh let's let's <laughs> we got 25 minutes left of this race let's not um let's not go crazy and uh bruner uh he, he is, he knows how to do this and uh, even andrew was like he's he was like i looked behind me and it was like he was like hyperplaning like he wasn't even on the ground he was just like floating the crowd he was going so
1: fast it was insane <laughs> how fast eric bruner was like and but I you know I, I asked used, him about this. I, I
0: don't know if Andrew wants me to share this, but I, I will. Uh, he he came into the pits at one point, and he was just like he's just too strong. And he was like just catching up behind him, and then just took off again.
2: <laughs> oh my god, that's so amazing! Uh, Bill, do you have on video?
0: No, no, he was just oh saying god.
2: this. Oh so I'm sorry. Well, i I'm sorry, Andrew. Like... I, uh, no, that's amazing. That, one, but... that makes me love Andrew more. That's just uh, that's just okay. Go ahead, Zach. Uh, so we love, like, you know, like, so Bruner, like, to,
1: to, to spoil it, he comes up to me, he's like, I ruined your day, didn't I? I was like, no, I actually picked you this time. Like, I finally <laughs> got it right. But it's like, him and I have just this game going on. And I think, we, you know, I talk about Bruner a lot. And I think the narrative after last year was his mental toughness. Like, he just checked out in the lead or whatever. And I, I like I was like, did this benefit you in a way that, like, you just had to go lizard brain, right? Like he didn't have to think about anything. He didn't have to think about where he was. He didn't have to think about being a lead. It was like just straight lizard brain, like Strohmeyer's off the front and I need to ride my bike really hard. Um, and you know, he he flipped it a little bit and he said he knew that Strohmeyer was all in. And so I think it, he felt like it played to his advantage because to Andrew's credit, he was, Andrew tried to make it work. Like Andrew's like, this is my opportunity. He didn't putz around. He you know, right. You like to see riders bet on themselves. He, he went all in. On, on it but Bruner knew that and I think that kind of played to Bruner's advantage um, when he did ultimately catch him that he knew that Strohmeyer was working.
0: Yeah, Oh yeah for sure but that's, that's what we said you know and that's you were talking about the start and we even that's what I was saying last week with Curtis and everyone else you know they should be put on notice that they better be ready to race when this thing starts because uh, between Funston and Strohmeyer and as you said now Bruner they're going to hurt you as much as they possibly can at the beginning of this race, that's the plan. I mean, Andrew's mantra is sort of like cyclocross is supposed to be hard and let's make it hard. <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of the game he wants to play. You know, it, it doesn't always work, but that's, I, I, as you said, Bodie, it makes it exciting. That's, it's fun to watch. They're not sitting there looking at each other. It's just, you know, beating each other on the head, trying to, trying to win this race. So I think that was just, yeah, it was, it was so much fun to race, to watch. And again, I, I think that's that's the great thing about this field. Would I have liked to have seen Andrew Strohmeyer win in his first year in the elites after, um, uh, probably spilling beans maybe not to be spilled but after usa cycling wasn't sure if they were going to let him race the elite race and wanted to put him back in the u23 race and had to be convinced to allow him to race elites and he still um ended up second that um yeah i like all those those dudes at the front and it was was happy for brunner to win it again but you know just stoked for stromeyer i think he was satisfied with that race he did all he can. I know uh, Funston was disappointed. He felt like he had the opportunity to win that race as well, but just, you know, didn't didn't have that next gear or whatever else, but yeah, he's he's a fun one to watch too. And and what I love is that everything we talk about uh in have if that goes towards having success racing in Europe. I think that these guys are, are, are doing that you can't be passive when you're racing in Europe. Again, it may not work out, but you have to be like elbows out. And we saw a lot of that in this race, you know, able to, to make contact and take contact and just be aggressive. If there, if there is a, if there is a space to be taken, you have to take it or somebody else is going to. And that's, 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 that's what we saw out here. And it, it, it reminded me of, you know, Watching Trebone and 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 Tim Johnson and and Powers like just bang with each other, you know the Jonathan Page out there it was it was kind of that old school racing that um, should get you excited. Yeah, I was I was just stoked on this race.
1: Yeah, I think back to you know our earlier discussion about the elites and should you be excited? You should absolutely be excited about this group of cyclocross racers. I I mean I just can't say it enough, Bill. You've been doing this longer than me. I've been doing this a while the way that these men are racing is exciting. It's dynamic. They're setting themselves up to like really be as, because that was always the problem, right? Like Hyde would come in and be like, we all race so passively. I'm not getting anything out of this. So Hyde would go hard. Like these dudes, I, you have like half over half your top five, just like we want to beat each other up. And, you know, they all look at each other and they're like, it's all, like Bruner said, it. he's like, I respect how Scott and Andrew race because like, that's how I race. And I think, uh, you know, if you are a fan of cyclocross and American cross, like you should absolutely be excited about what's happening. Hopefully we'll get some more you know, folks back, uh, some more names that are familiar racing next year. And we've got the young riders. So I, I, if you're looking for positives, it's it. This is a group to be excited about.
0: It, it's also, and I, I am going to compare this to crit racing, Bodhi, but it's the type of thing like this is the this is the competitiveness you love to see inside the tape, and what you have to appreciate and call out with this group as well is that after it was over it was over there was no coming up and getting in each other's faces because you did this or you did that during the race because they all know it's just hard racing and it's not like they're all buddies hanging out with each other i mean they know each other they're all you know they're friendly but it's you know it's it's that they are going to be as competitive as absolutely possible during the race with keeping it fair, but also keeping it aggressive and and then at the end of the day it's like everybody was like, all right, I did as hard as I could and this is the, this is the way it ended up and that's 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 what makes me really happy too because that can happen and it doesn't have to you know end in a fist fight in a parking lot
1: yeah yeah and I, and that collision was worthy of that and I Andrew barely even mentioned it. he's like, there was a collision, you know like
0: as, as he likes to say, and as you already quoted, he was like, hey, that was interesting.
2: yeah i think Uh, i think think uh, we this is we get excited about this type of racing and when it happens we go all in on it and we we geek out about it and so it's just we want to like i yeah i think that's like what the media pit really wants to like really play home is it that when the racing is good it it doesn't even matter who wins right it's the excitement of watching really good racing with really smart and aggressive racers and how they manage the race and and and, and I, I loved your i loved your 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 phrase there, bill you got to be able to take contact i think that's really that's a really good thing for a bike racer you got to be able to take contact well i, I, I have a I rant get, about this
1: yeah I, you know so i, I feel like any time like something does happen where there's contact i feel like there's a certain number of people like oh my gosh oh it's the wor- what uh, so can't believe that happened like blah 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 and it's like we love cyclocross because that's part of cyclocross. Everyone's like, I love cyclocross, you know, like, but then stuff like that happens and there's just a certain segment where people like get up in arms. I don't know. It just seemed like some people, even at the Strohmeyer thing, people are like, Oh, I can't believe this happened. It's like, do you like cyclocross or do you want to go race gravel? You know, like gravel, <laughs> no contact. Like you can go to gravel. Everyone's great. So I would just say embrace it. I mean, I think these, these young men showed how it should be done. Some stuff happened. They shook it off and they kept racing their bikes. You know, like they were like, that's part of the sport. I love this. I'm excited to be that. I know as a cyclocross racer, I loved it. If someone shoved me into the tape, great. Shove me in the tape. Guess who's shoving you into the tape next time I get an opportunity? Like, that's why we love the sport, you know? Take it, take it and give it, but just race your bike, man. It's cyclocross. Yeah,
0: even. And, and the the incident we didn't even talk about, like, uh, uh, Funston and Strohmeyer got got mixed up in the pits and and there was a little a bit of argy bargy in there too i think that um you know that that stromar was able to get ahead of 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 funston just because their exchanges were just so close together and there was you know just getting in each other's way i i know funston was not pleased about that during the race but afterwards he was like it's racing you know it happens i was pissed off at the time but it it happens
1: he was I think he was just more confused because it really kind of delayed their momentum. I think he wanted to make that stick. The way he said it is that they were work they worked together to drop Curtis, but then they had the collision and he felt like he was just getting mixed signals and it sounds like maybe it wasn't his mixed signal. And no, you know, this is right after the I, I race think that, that he was saying. Yeah, this
0: and story. I I think from Andrew's point of view, he was like, I didn't know what to do. Am I supposed to slow up and let him go? You, you, right? You know, it's like we're both sort of fighting for that same same position it wasn't like he was trying to do anything to him or not want to work with him or whatever else but it was just like am i supposed to lose my own momentum so I, I think it was just i think it was just bad that they both you know came in right next to each other and their pitch were right next to each other and it's it just got it yeah
1: for sure uh so i wanted to do a trivia question oh
0: before this can i can i ask a question yeah. Uh, do I get like some sort of redemption from the, from the meme accounts? I absolutely love that Gage Heck was there. We had a nice chat after the race. <laughs> but any, I anything? I, I'm not even sure what I said last week that got me in, into the... He said the, he can't race in the mud. Did I actually... Did I say that or did I... I thought I was talking about Pan Ams where he didn't have the right tires.
1: I think you were. Yeah. Uh, no, but but it doesn't matter. Or or whatever it is. Okay.
0: Gage got a... Gage, you had the opportunity to prove me absolutely wrong. Come back to cross. Keep racing
1: cyclocross. Prove me wrong, please. Yeah, come back, Gage. Well, he had a nice little mustache. I mean, he had the beard, but his stash was hanging out too. Like, like uh, you know what? Shout out to Kerry Werner to committing to the Kenny bit. Like, I am all about people committing to the bits. Kenny raced with the Kenny stash. You won with we miss it. him. We I mean, miss, I, we, I, miss, I, we, miss, I, we miss Kenny. I
0: feel like there there should have been like there should be some like UCI mustache, you know, checker thing that. Uh, you know, make sure that he's within the regulations.
1: Yeah, surprised he didn't get DQ'd. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so, so I said that uh, you know, cyclocross nationals is for the juniors, but also for the the masters men. And I just wanted to give a shout out to Old Man Mater finishing in tenth at age forty five. And I, I, to be fair, I ran it by him. I was like, just so you know, I call you Old Man Mater, and he's like, I'm cool with this. So I chatted with him. Oddly enough, that was Brian Motter's best Nationals result ever. Also, it is the uh, he is the oldest in the last 25 years of the Cyclocross 24 has results available with ages era. Oldest rider to finish in the top 10 in the elite men's field. So there have been one, two, three, three other men to finish in the top 10 over the age of 40 in the, uh, since 99, who are they?
2: God. My first one of guess. them did it
1: thricely. One of I, them did I, I'm gonna throw it thricely. Jonathan page. One of them did, I'm going to throw Jonathan oh. page out there. Yeah, that was Jonathan I mean, page. That was going to be my guess. Jonathan page.
0: Cause after that, I don't know who I'm going
1: to So he's your thricely. He's your thricely. He did it in 2016 at age 40. He finished fourth, uh, at Asheville. He did it in That's 2017. Right. Uh, at that would have been Hartford. He finished seventh at forty-one, and he uh, the swan song, ninth place in Reno, uh, the la- his last his last ride. So that's that's
2: one. He's your thricely. So you're saying there's two more who have finished. There's in two th- more who finished in the top ten. I mean, I'm I'm not going to just like look at the results that are in front of me.
0: No, I'm trying to figure out. Like I just got to like channel somebody
1: who's won. Adam, Morrison. one of these, one of these gentlemen's has won an elite national championship, but you know, one, you know, one, one was, uh, I mean, still he was doing the master. He was racing master or er, elites for a long time, like long time. Not Tim Johnson, not Tim Johnson. He
2: quit before he was 40. Yeah. That's,
1: you
0: know. <laughs> oh man. Who could this possibly be? I got Ryan matter um
1: i don't know zach you want them yeah Yeah. all right steve tilford no in 2000 and 2001 at age 40 and 41 he pulled off a fifth and a sixth and randomly Todd Wells showed up at Hartford Nationals and finished eighth at age forty two. That's right. That's right. So three yeah. time three time national champion. He jumped in. I think that was his last race ever. Just figured I'd do you know, I'm just I'm gonna do one more nationals and finish eighth at age forty two. That just tells you how good he was and really how good. I mean, the golden era of American men's cyclocross, how good those guys were. So I thought that was a fun, fun little trivia question. Um, Also, kudos. I was like, when are you racing Masters? And Modder's like, he just laughed. So kudos to him. That's great. I love it. I love that trivia. Thank you, Zach. Uh, And obviously, like, I, I think that we've seen where... Uh, with the women, I think that we've seen more women be successful at an older age. I think that's just part of the narrative, and that's why I did this trivia question. Uh, I'm not trying to, like, women cancellation, but I think it's a, a different accomplishment for men where typically your career is over at age 35.
0: All right. Did we do nationals? I think we did. Excellent. Uh, we got a lot of European race in coming up here in the coming weeks so we will uh be back to talk about that and just in closing i i love cyclocross i i love american cyclocross i I want nothing but success for it and sometimes sometimes it it's frustrating but maybe i'm wrong tell me i'm wrong it won't be the first time we'll see y'all next time